Welcome to the Marketing and Other Markets podcast with me, Matt Moscow. This is a podcast for real estate industry professionals who are doers. Each episode will feature an interview with a top producer or someone who's doing things differently in an exciting way. For those who already know me or have read my books and blogs, my brand of marketing is tangible and repeatable because we don't all need to reinvent the wheel. Every episode, my promise to you is that you will leave with at least one tangible idea that you can execute on today. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in today to the newest episode of Marketing in Other Markets. Today, we are talking to a real estate professional who markets in a whole lot of markets. Uh, welcome to the show, Jess Lenouvel. Uh Thank you so much. Yeah, so we've talked and I know you're about to move to the Bahamas, which is everyone's dream. I feel like you want to build up your real estate career <laughs> to the point where you can move somewhere warm because I know that you're You've been living in Toronto, which is just as cold yeah. as where I am in Grand Rapids. So kudos to you for uh, for building up your business to the point where you could make that move. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been uh, we've been my husband and I've been talking about it for about ten years. So the fact that uh, it's actually happening is it's it's honestly it's a little bit crazy. Well, the culmination of goals is really I feel like why everybody listens to this podcast in the first place. So let's kind of get started on where you started. Um, I know you told me mm-hmm. that you got licensed at the age of 21, but what has been your path since getting licensed into kind of like the mega coach that you've become today, the mega realtor that you've been in the last the last uh, decade or so? What what? How did your business start, and where did it grow to? Yeah, so I got my license like you said when I was really young. I was 21. Um, I grew up in the industry though, so mom's been a realtor for you know. I, I think she got she got her license when I was in kindergarten. So like 35, 37 years, somewhere in and around there. So, you know, it's been a long time coming. I really didn't think that I would become a realtor. I really, it was the last thing that I thought was on, like on the radar. But when I came out of school, I, just like so many, I came out with a degree that, you know, really wasn't going to be super useful for anything. So, um, Mom said, why don't you get your license and see how you do? I think you'd be really good at it. So I did. And I joined a Keller Williams office and went to every single training that I could possibly find. And they all were telling me to cold call and door knock and flyer. And I'm naturally quite introverted. And 21-year-old version of me was even more shy and introverted. And I remember thinking, I don't think that this business is for me. If this is how I have to do things. Like, there's just no way. I was, I I felt like it was like fighting, fighting who I am naturally. So many, and there's so many agents out there that I meet with and that that I know exists where you you get your first day in real estate and you have a broker that doesn't really know you, but they know that like cold calling in theory works, it doesn't cost a lot of money. They know that door knocking works, it doesn't cost a lot of money. And they're going to tell you to go to 100 open houses. And I'm sure hopefully they're going to tell you to build up your database too. But that's all easier said than done for an extrovert. But that's even, it's a seemingly impossible mountain to climb for an introvert. Totally. And and I just felt so lost in the beginning. And I, and I, and I said, I was like, I have to figure out my own way of doing this. I've got to figure out how to do this in a way that works for me so that I don't end up incredibly unhappy or I'm not, where I don't fail at this because, you know, I, I'm fighting who I am every day. So there was this, this is like 2006 maybe there's this brand new thing called Facebook I think I've heard of it and <laughs> and uh, I back then it was just a news feed 
and like a classified section. There was none of the fancy stuff that there is now. And I started prospecting from my little tiny laptop, which was all the rage back then, um, in the classified section. I started having conversations and building value and messaging. And I, I built my business that way. And over time, I, I, and I used to call it prospecting for my PJs. Because I could literally sit at home on my couch, comfortable, and do what I needed to do, and have the conversations, and build the relationships, and give value, and and then the only time that I was feeling like I really had to like people, which you know back then was was a lot for me, um, was when I was actually like face to face with clients, which was the perfect combination. So I built my business that way. Um, so everything that I've always done has always been digitally based. And over time, obviously, Facebook's changed, new platforms have come out, all that good stuff. But um, then when I was in, I guess I was in my, like, my late 20s, I met my husband. And my husband and I really started looking outside of other, outside into other industries to figure out what was working in their marketing, what wasn't, what, you know, other service-based industries that were really, you know, on the cutting edge of what was going on with digital marketing. Real estate, as we all know, is normally like five to 10 years behind. Certain markets, so, of, certain markets in the world are even further behind. I mean, I feel like all that great marketing agreed. starts off on like the West Coast and in Manhattan where like the prices support, you know, spending in, in trial and error. But, you know, especially for us in the Midwest where a lot of our listeners are, great marketing and new stuff. Like Zilla wasn't a thing here for six years after it was a huge thing everywhere, yeah. everywhere else. So it's, it's great to go after new industries. I love, I mean, I think for everyone listening right now, that is a write this down moment. And it's if the marketing that you're being told about by your broker, by your peers, doesn't sound appealing to you, look at other industries at marketing that is appealing to you and think, how could I do this in my industry? Mm, for sure. And we, it was, I mean, yes, it was some trial and error for sure, but, you know, it was, service-based business is service-based business. And we were looking at, you know, what was working in other industries, bringing it back to real estate and just testing the messaging, the, the positioning, seeing what was actually going to work in real estate. When we did that, it worked incredibly well. Um, our, our, our business grew from, you know, low six figures to seven figures in six months. And it was a lot. It was honestly, it was too much for little introverted me, even, even eight years later. <laughs> so um, that's when I really started growing my team. And we got to a point where we were, you know, we were doing 250, 300 deals a year and with a very small, very, very small lean team. And, um, you know, our systems were really great. Our team was really great. I was able to actually find the balance that most agents really crave where we were doing really high volume but I, I could take off for a month if I needed to and everything would run and everything would be fine without me. So it was, uh, it was kind of the best of the, the best of both worlds. And then, you know, I really realized I was like, look, I, I feel like we've cracked the code a little bit here. And there's so many people who, who are struggling, who I'm even seeing even in my office who are struggling, who, you know, are coming to me and saying, I have no idea how you've done this, but it's not, it's not a 30 minute conversation. It, you know, it takes months to be able to help somebody build out what, what it was that we'd, we'd done. And so um, that's when I kind of shifted gears. It was the end of 2017. I stopped selling at the end of 2017. 
and shifted into, we created the listings lab and then our seven figure agent program. And I love that. So I kind of discovered you um, through the listings lab and I've seen, seen and listened to some of your presentations and I love it because you know, when people come into my office and ask like, Hey, like what's the best company that can do my social media for me and where I can buy my posts. I'm always, I'm almost always thrown off because I'm like, ah, I don't, I just don't know that that's the right strategy, but your, your focus when you're training agents and professionals is on, on their personal side, their personal brand messaging, the authority, the social proof that they have personally that they can then share with their world. Uh, t- tell us more mm-hmm. about that. I mean, it's absolutely fascinating because I think it's the only way to go about social media in a powerful way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, like real estate is a human to human business. As much as we would love, to, we you know, there are certain things that can be automated. There's certain things to be can, that can be systematized and templated. But at the end of the day, people people buy emotionally first. They make decisions emotionally and then they back them up with logic. And I think most real estate marketing that we see out there is, is logic, is logic and numbers and market stats and I'm number one. And I think that's really, it goes against human psychology. So the way that we have looked at this is, you know, what are the things that someone needs? And, and this is just basic psychology. <clears throat> what are the things and what is the journey to get someone from stranger to client? What are the things that they need to see from you? What are the things that they need to experience from, from a connection, a resonance, an emotional standpoint? And how do we do that in an ethical and supportive way? I think that there's a lot of, once, once you get to that level of marketing, where you understand the human psychology part and the human influence part, I think that ethical use of that information is incredibly important. Because influence is something that, you know, a lot of us don't even realize when we're under that kind of influence. So, you know, it, we always work on not only how to create that, that journey for, you know, specific people in specific markets with specific demographics, right? It's super important that we're targeted when we're doing this because otherwise it just, it, it won't have the same effect. But also the, on the back end, we also work on the service package. You know, what's the actual product? What, what is this agent doing and are they doing a really great job so that the, like the growth of that business is ethical and that the people who are coming into their world and being converted from stranger to client and are, are actually being well taken care of. Does that so make sense? That does make sense. So I, mean, I love that you mentioned you know, converting people from stranger to client. And I think that's a huge, that's a huge, almost like a dichotomy when most realtors start working on social because you have the people that you're already connected to and you know a good agent is hopefully in contact with them and figuring out a way to make sure they're messaging them, make sure their posts are being seen. But like what strategies would you give someone to make sure that they're connecting with new people through social rather than just the existing people that they already have? Mm-hmm. So I think that a lot of it comes down to really, you know, setting up your profile correctly and being social on social media, right? I think that so often we were, we see these like big influencers and they, you know, they think, oh, well, I can just post and go. I can post something and then I can run off and do all of my things and, and, you know, people are going to find me, you know, if I use the right hashtag. That's, you know, 2% of it. Right. Social media is intended to be, you know, for you to be incredibly social on social media. And, you know, everything that we teach from an organic, an organic marketing standpoint, a social media standpoint, can also be scaled and leveraged into paid traffic. So it's, 
that like human psychology doesn't change whether it's on your on your profile or if it's being done by ads. Doesn't matter how the content's being pushed out to people on that platform. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we 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 talk about different methods for getting more eyes on your on your content, getting more eyes on your actual social media profile. And sometimes it's just as simple as, you know, engaging with other relevant people's content as well having conversations um sometimes it's going to be you know depending on the platform that you're on whether you're on instagram or facebook you know going into other local facebook groups and making like you know having conversations giving value friend requesting people i mean even on your personal profile you have five thousand faces there most people on their personal Facebook profile only have like a couple hundred friends. Right. And when you start thinking about using these profiles, because the reach is so much higher on personal profile on Facebook than it is on a business page, the organic reach. If you think about, you know, shifting the way that you're using that profile, you actually have so much more opportunity to have that, those 5,000 spaces filled with people who, you know you can serve, but also that, you know, are going to become friends. You can give value, are local. Most agents have half of their friends are other agents on Facebook, right? And then the other half are like friends and family and like people from high school, which is also fine. They can also be nurtured the same way. But using every single opportunity that you have with that profile to get in front of more people, get your content in front of more people and give more value is always going to it's always going to mean more business. Well, and you, you used one word that I, I want to make sure everyone out there doesn't just gloss over. You used the word nurture. And I think it's so, so imperative that people really pay attention to that because if you have 100 friends, 1,000 friends, or 5,000 friends, it really doesn't matter. If you're not in constant communication with them, whether that's by commenting on their stuff, by messaging them and having a conversation or by engaging with them in some different way through stories or something else, you're not nurturing your social contacts. And at the end of the day, after a certain amount of time, Facebook and Instagram aren't going to show them your posts anymore. I mean, Mm -hmm. you have to, you have to like nurture it like a farm. I mean, if there's a section of your farm that you haven't actively, you know, I'm not a farmer, but if you haven't actually tended to it in a while, it's going to dry up and it's not going to produce fruit or in our case leads. So it's so important to, to kind of use that and to keep it, keep it alive. People wonder why their social media doesn't work when they don't, when they don't use it. Yeah. They don't use it and they don't actually like engage with it. I'm, I'm always shocked to see how many people don't reply to the comments. Well, like these people are actually like taking the time to comment and engage with your content and you're not even replying back. It, it's it's so, social media is intended to be social and you have to reply and have conversation and, and your content is literally just there to spark the initial conversation. You got it. Yeah. I mean, half of the battle here, and this is a, another one of those write this down moments, but half the battle is simply figuring out what can spark that conversation. And so, you know, yeah. I see some agents doing a great job of posting engaging questions and comments. And, you know, sometimes they might not actually be looking for an answer. They just want to get the conversation going to then have all that engagement on their profile. Um, how do you, how do you do yeah, a question we get all the time and I'd love your opinion on it because we have, I have some of my own, but how do you deal with friend requests? You know, a lot of us get friend requests all the time. Obviously we <laughs> ignore the spam ones, but like, you know, you get a friend request from someone in your market. You have a lot of friends in common. What do you do? You accept it, but also like send a direct message. 
hey, how's it going? Thanks for friend requesting me. How do we know each other? I mean, it, if you're not messaging them after a friend request, it's kind of like saying, yes, I'll be friends with you, but we're both agreeing without saying anything to just stalk each other. So we're not speaking to yeah, each other. Yeah, but we're not speaking. Like, we're, <laughs> we're going to be friends, but we're not going to be like speaking friends. We're going to be like the people that wave at church every Sunday. It's like not super engaging. <laughs> you're like shutting down the relationship before it even starts. It's kind of like, you know, when you have like a Facebook friend who you haven't seen since like middle school, you still remain Facebook friends. You never talk to each other. But if you saw them in a grocery store, you'd like hide in the next aisle because you just don't want to have that conversation. It's kind of the same thing. Yes. So, I mean, people, if you get a friend request, do something with it. Either say no if you don't want them to see your stuff and you don't want to have the possibility of a relationship with them or engage. Do something. Uh, I love that we're on the same page there. Well, I know, um, Jess, you mentioned to me a while ago that you have something pretty exciting coming up soon in January. Um, Do you want to tell everybody about that? Yeah. So I wrote a book. Crazy. Um, It is called More Money, Less Hustle. So, you know, it's exactly what I stand for. Like, let's let's live a huge life, life of abundance, have seven figure businesses, but, you know, work less, enjoy, enjoy life more. Um, I'm really excited about it. Uh, we are, we're pushing it out. I believe that we'll be able to do like pre-sales. The book's written, every, all the graphics, everything are, is, are complete. The publisher, you know, it's kind of in their hands now. And um, so I know that the big, big launch is going to be in March, but I know that we're going to be doing pre-orders and we're going to have an ebook and some stuff like that available in January. So I'm really excited about it. That's awesome. I mean, writing a book is no easy feat. I know when I did mine, it was months and months of editing, followed by months of more editing, followed by getting other people's opinions and then changing more. But it's great once it's done because how many people can say that they wrote a book, right? Like you got to email your English I know, I know. Grade. Oh gosh, what would she say? Well, she'd probably nitpick it even more, but she'd probably be <laughs> proud of you and take a little bit of, she'd probably send yeah, you a for client sure. for that. I mean, at the end of the day. Um I definitely couldn't. I definitely wouldn't have been able to like write a novel, but you know, Different. I, I, I can get the business stuff out. <laughs> yes, it's and it's, I think it's awesome. So, Jess, if someone wanted to get in contact with you or wanted to sign up for the Listing Lab or find out more about your book, how would they get a hold of you? So, the perfect place to kind of talk and see what we're all about and get a whole bunch of content from us would be our Facebook group. So there's 22,000 agents in our Facebook group, only realtors. There's nobody in there that's going to spam you or, or, you know, anything like that. It's called the Listings Lab Method for Real Estate Agents. Um, it's just facebook.com slash group slash the Listings Lab. And yeah, that's probably the perfect place because there's tons of free content in there. I'm constantly creating creating guides and value and content to, to put in the, into there. I do free trainings, and you guys in that group get access to everything first. So for everyone out there who wants to figure out how to start prospecting in their PJs and get other creative ideas for social media <laughs> and digital marketing, get with the Listing Lab group on Facebook, start engaging, and then check out Jess's book in the, in the winter. Although if you're in the Bahamas, I guess, is that still winter or is it just another beautiful day? I think, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to get all used to, I mean, I think that there's still somewhat season. Yeah. I, I don't, don't think that the Bahamas is where you want to go in August, but. Yeah, I, I would still probably take it. There's probably great boating beaches and fishing either way. Well, Jess, I really yeah. appreciate your time today and I look forward to chatting with you again. 
Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening. The Marketing and Other Markets podcast is proudly supported by Neighborhood Loans and Treadstone Funding. Visit them online to see a new type of culture and energy in home lending. For more actionable real estate marketing tips and tricks, check out my book, The Tangible Action Guide for Real Estate Marketing, available on Amazon. Interested in being on the show? Reach out to us via Instagram at mattmusket88. See you next time.